we, we continue with a series on, on prayer. Uh, today we're going to be looking to how to pray when God seems far. Uh, I have to be honest, I really struggle with, with preparing uh, this sermon as, um, yeah, the, the subject seems seem a bit uh, complicated, but I think um, it is something that all of us uh, face from time to time where we um, feel that God is far from us and, um, and how can we relate to him in, uh, in that situation. And looking through uh, people in the Bible, um, I, I consider the life of David when we consider Psalms. We see in Psalms a lot of prayers from David. And um, the Bible refers to David as uh, a man after God's heart. And uh, in these Psalms, we see again and again how David connects with God through difficult times. And sometimes David finds himself uh, in places where he asks God, where are you? And so, and I think uh, David is probably uh, one of the good people we can look at how he handled uh, the time where God seems to be distant and how, how he prays. Um, so we're going to be looking into Psalm chapter 13. And um, what we see in, in, in the life of David in, in the psalm is actually when he feels that God seems to be distant, um, this is where we see David pouring his heart into, into prayer. So in, in Psalm uh, 13, uh, I, will, I will read it for you. It says, How long, O Lord, would you forget me forever? How long would you hide your face from me? How long must I take counsel in my own soul and have sorrow in my heart all days? How long shall my enemy be exalted over me? Consider and answer me, O Lord, my God. Light up my eyes, lest I sleep the sleep of death. Lest my enemy say I have prevailed over him. Lest my foes rejoice because I am shaken, but I have trusted in your steadfast love. My heart shall rejoice in your salvation. I will sing to the Lord because he has dealt bountifully with me. I like the end of, of these psalms. Uh, as, as we consider these psalms, we see David clearly feeling like God has forgotten him. But even in that um, situation, the way he ends the psalm, it says, but... It, is, it ends with, but I have trusted in your steadfast love. My heart shall rejoice. And so he has that feeling of, of God being distant, but he, he's chosen not to rely on his feelings, but rather to rely on the truth. And one of the truths that David is bringing out here is that God has a steadfast love for him. And God is, is trustworthy. 
And so if there is one thing I, I can start by saying today is that our feelings or the feelings of God is distant that we can experience doesn't change who God is. But who God is changed our feelings. Because David here, he, he feels God, God has forgotten him. How long will you forget me forever? But he knew that this, this is how he feels. It is, it is just a feeling. And that feeling, as David considered it, he cannot take that feeling as, as a compass. He cannot take that feeling as something that would guide his life because human feeling can be deceptive. But one thing that he is sure about is that God is steadfast in his love and he's experienced it before. And that is the truth that he wants to hold on and that truth then changes his, his, his attitude. But it is important to, to notice that in this psalm, we see David reflect a typical attitude or a typical response of a human when a human is disconnected from God. He, David somehow is, is an example of when a human finds himself remote from God. We see the way he, he expresses it. First, David is referring to God in human terms. You know, have you forgotten me forever? And so this this, this would cause us to ask a question: Does God forget? And and he says, um, "Would you hide your face? How long would you hide your face?" Is like you, you can imagine as human, like God is going like this. I don't want to see you. <laughs> you know, would God do that? Is is that? God's character. So David here is, is trying to portray God as, as a human being, the way that if, if, you, if you are with a friend or your cousin, I don't know, or whoever, and then you've not received a text message or WhatsApp or Snapchat, whatever, for, them, for a long time, that, that would be your reaction. Have you forgotten me? You know? And David is, is looking at God in, in that terms. And so if, if we consider God in, in that way, then it, it's robbed God of who he really is because God is omnipresent. And so in, so in these observ- observations that we see David uh, reflecting a typical reaction of, of human being, it's important for us to, to understand that God cannot be contained into our feeling boxes, uh, human boxes. Okay, uh, this is how I feel today, therefore God must be distant. No, he isn't. And so in, in, in these situations, it's, it's rather maybe to search our heart and to recalibrate our thoughts. Have I gone far from God or God is distant? 
these, these are the questions that um, we should, we should um, ask when um, we feel God that way. And as we begin to ask this question, it sort of readjusts our thinking, and then we can approach prayer during that time with the right attitudes. Rather approaching, approaching prayer as if God is, is a human like us. And so, in, a, in his prayer, David, David shows that he feels a bit lost because of that disconnection. Those are the typical um, situation or the feeling that human would experience when, when, he, uh, when we're not connected to God. First, he feels that he is lost. He feels that he's abandoned, or he feels that um, he's destabilized. Are you, have you forgotten me forever? Like, he feels a bit like powerless. He feels like there is nothing else he can hold on rather than relying on himself. He, he says, like, should I, should I, um, how long must I take counsel in my soul? It's like, I don't, I don't have anyone else to go to to get advice. Should I rely on my understanding? So he, he shows here this is what a human being, what the condition of a human being is when it is, he is or she is disconnected from God. He, he feels powerless even facing the enemy. Do you want the enemy to laugh at me, saying that, where is you, God? This, this, is, this is when David feels, when he is disconnected from God. How long do you want me to be like this? If you don't respond to me, I am going to sleep a sleep of death. Basically, he says, I am going to die without you. And so these, I think these are significant theological truths that David is bringing from these psalms that when a human being is disconnected from God, you find yourself in this place of despair, in this place where relying on yourself is going to lead only into death. And so this is why when, when God feels, when we feel that God is far away from us, this is a very indicator that it is a time for us to recharge the battery of our prayer. It is probably an, an invitation from God saying that, where are you? I've missed you. When, when we feel disconnected, because having the understanding of the truth that God is steadfast, in his love, God would not want us to be in these situations of where the only thing that we're thinking about is to die. And so probably when there is that sense of feeling that God is distant, this is a very much invitation from God for more prayer. And how, how do we approach uh, this, this prayer we should approach the prayer like David, like David did, not relying on our feelings. We should approach the prayer with the feeling 
based on the truth that we saw at the, at the end of, of those, uh, those uh, verses. That, but I know that you are steadfast. Now, so it is a time for us to, to take a moment of silence and reflect on, um, on our heart attitudes. Are there things that have distracted us in a such a way that we feel like God is distant? What are those things that have distracted us? Uh, about, uh, I think about maybe five years ago when Jonathan and Michaela were still um, in a primary school in um, Hyam on a Hill. I used to go um, every day to uh, pick them from, from school. And uh, one day I was, uh, and you, usually I use those time to pray when, when I walk from the King's Lot to go to Hyam on a Hill. And, and one day I, I was going to, uh, to collect them again, and, um, and it was raining and it was winter. It was very cold. And, um, and at the time, I, I, I was praying for us as a family to have a car. And uh, it's raining and then walking, and I was almost fed up with, with God because I almost prayed every day. And that day I was really complaining to God, God, is this really what you want for me? Like to be walking and then I'm going to pick my children and then we're going to come with this cold and raining over us. Hey, is this what you want us to be, missionary, to be uh, experiencing cold? I want to go back to my country where, where it, it is warm all the time. It's summer all the time. Is, is, this, is this what what you want for me? It's like I was almost with, with oppression in, 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 in my spirit because I wanted to have a car. <laughs> you know, um, and uh, in in that time of insulting God, that's, that's the way I, I I would reflect. I would refer to it this way, and I and I felt like God uh, said to me, "Wait a minute! I've been talking to you. You've not been listening." So for me, when when I was doing those prayer. Every day, my, my expectations like God was going to answer it, and he was going to answer the way that I was expecting. Okay, here is a car. This is, this, is, this is for you. And so in that time, I felt like God was speaking to me, and then God says that you've not been paying attention to you. And God says, what I told you is that um, actually uh, owning a car is very expensive. And uh, in your current situations, actually, even if I gave you a car, you will not be able to maintain the car. And then I remember, uh, uh, like a week before that, that day, I was having a chat with, uh, with someone, and someone who was talking to me that uh, his friend has taken time to calculate um, how the money he spends on using, using uh, public transport compared to buying fuel and maintaining the car, how much expensive it was to actually owe a car than using uh, public transport. And, and God says that this is what I, I said to you, but you didn't pay attention to me. And so the point I'm making with, with, with this story is, is that 
Sometimes when we feel God is distant or God, God is far or God is disconnected from us, it's actually maybe it is because we've not been paying attention to him. Maybe because we have distracted ourselves, we have disconnected ourselves from God because God doesn't change in his steadfast love. He is always the same. And his love for us doesn't change. And so when, when we experience those, those times of deserts, like I feel dry and it's, it's just a feeling, but it is a good time for us to reflect at what are the distractions that I, I have allowed for me to feel this way. And so when you realize you've discovered those, those distractions, it is a time to make a trade with God. It is a time to trade those distractions with things that is then going to lead you into glorifying God. And so, when God spoke to me that I have not paid attention, then I start thinking about how much we've seen God provisioned in our lives. It's like rather than being miserable because I'm, I'm feeling cold or I want to have a car, uh, blah, 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 all of, all of that, I had to spend a lot of money anyway to... Uh, uh, get a, a UK driving license, all of that. I didn't think about it if, if, even. But then when God drew my attention into those, those distractions, and I, then I start reflecting, looking at what God has done for me, uh, how much provision that he supplied in a way that I cannot even imagine. And that actually led into repentance and saying, God, sorry. I felt that you went far away from me, but that's actually not the case. I have allowed myself to go away from you, to distract myself from you. And so it is a time like that for you to trade those distractions with things that then lead to glorifying God and then beginning to lift up our spirit. And what, what David did is sometimes David have to run and then hide in caves uh, from people that he's not even done any harm to, for people, from people that he even helped, from people that he preserved their life, but he has to run away to hide himself from the enemies. And so it is, it is very easy as, as a human to respond with anger or, or in despair in those situations and blaming God and forgetting that God is omniscient and omnipresent and he, he knows exactly what he's doing, realizing that everything God is doing is actually is to preserve your life. And so we, we see that here with, with, with David, and David recalibrated his, 
his spirit. He readjusts the attitude of, of his son by looking into how God has been faithful to him. And so some of, some of the, the questions that, um, that help us in those times of prayer when we feel God, God is distant is really to, to check into those things that may have driven you away from God. Or maybe, maybe it is time for us to be looking into the promises of God. Maybe we've, we've forgotten about the promises of God or we've not been paying attention to, to the promises of God. It is a time for us to readjust our thinking and then revisit the promise of, of God. Uh, my passport, my, my very first passport, is, is one of the things that um, when I feel disconnected from God, I take my, my, my very first passport. Uh, because that passport holds a lot of uh, history of God's uh, provision. And one of the things in, 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 in that, 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 that passport, the first page on, of that passport is, uh, has a Swiss visa on it. And, uh, and that's very much part of my journal with God, looking at... Um, how God opened those. And the story with, um, with that Swiss visa, visa was, um, I was still then in, in, in Cameroon and uh, planning to come to Europe for, for the first time, newly married at, at the time. And so when we went to, to, to the Swiss embassy, obviously um, I didn't have everything, uh, all the documents that they, they require for, for the visa. Some of the requirements are not really um, important. But I didn't, I didn't have all of them. Um, and so uh, the guy at the counter says that, uh, well, we will not uh, take in your application today. Uh, come back next time, next week. So they, uh, they gave me a date, um, like the following week. So when I went the following week um, then to submit my, my application, I, I met a lady. Um, at, at the counter, and so um, she looked at at my applications and checking the place where I was born and all of that. And then when when she looked at it and then she saw my place of birth, and so she started asking me questions about um, the place where I was born, and then that led into conversations. It happens that um, the place where I was born. She uh, has a very close friend who was serving as a missionary in the hospital that I, I was born in. And so uh, she started talking to me in my dialect and all of that. And suddenly she realized that there is a long queue behind me. <laughs> and she spent a lot of time having a chat with me. And she spoke, I know why, mom. And uh, actually, uh, my sister's done a DTS. And she realized that she spent, she spent a lot of time with me and that uh, other people wanted to be servant. And, and then finally say, hey, by the way, what do you want to go to do in Switzerland? And all of that, blah, 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 blah. And then she signed, and then she gave me the visa. And then uh, she even gave me uh, her business card. She said, if you go to Switzerland, then um, uh, give me a shout. 
And it happens that she is not actually being employed um, in, uh, in that office permanently, but she's been asked to come in to serve only for a week because the person in charge of the visa has gone on holiday. Right? And now, there is no coincidence with God. You know? God brought her in that office that day, especially because I was going to come to apply for the visa. That is why God decreed that she should be there for me. And so, when I feel that God is disconnected for me, those are the things that I look at. I take my passport and say, this is, this is what he's done for me. And he can, he can do, do it again. So, um, it, is, it is the time for us to revisit our journal, to revisit our testimonies, and then to tell ourselves the testimony of the things that God has, God has done for us. We, in, in our church service, we like hearing testimony. We, we uh, make time for people to share testimony. But sometimes, it is actually good for us to tell ourselves those testimony of the thing that God has done to us. To remind ourselves of God's goodness. And one of the things that David is, is saying here, God, will my enemy rejoice forever because I am shaken? You know? And what David is, is saying here, I don't want to give opportunity to, uh, to the enemy to celebrate the fact that I am not praying anymore. I don't want to give, give that chance to the enemy. I want to look back into my journal and see how good God has been to me and then dive into prayer so that I will rejoice in my heart and to shame the enemy. This is what I want to do. This is what David says. Because why? When we elevate God, when we celebrate God, when we give testimony to what God has done to us, this is when the enemy is shamed. And when he is shamed, he runs away. He's not there to distract our prayer. But as long as we, um, we give his, his chance... The only thing that he's going to tell us is, is to discourage us from prayer. God is distant anyway. Why should I bother to pray? This is, this is his, his, his chance. But David, David says this. Consider and answer me, O Lord my God, verse 3. Light up my eyes. Lest I sleep the sleep of the dead. Lest my enemies say I have prevailed over him. But I will not let that happen. I have trusted in your steadfast love. My heart shall rejoice in your salvation. Even though I am in this place of, of despair, of dryness, even though I am in this, in this desert, I would allow my heart to rejoice. And one of the actions for us to take uh, to, to let our heart rejoice is by looking into those times where you experience the time of intimacy with God. What are those memories of you? 
What are those romantic times that you had with God? Bring those into memory. And I can promise you, those times, when you begin to remember those wonderful times you had with God, the only thing that would come into your face would be a smile. I am the son of God. I am the daughter of God. Because he's done this, this to me. And so, recalling um, the thing that God has, has done. And we approach God in, in those, in those times. We approach God as a father. And that reflects so much the intimacy. You see, Jesus, Jesus in, in Gethsemane, when, when he was about to, to face the cross and people were getting ready to arrest him. It's, it's a time of despair. It is a time of loneliness. It's a time of, God, where are you? That, that was the time of, of, of Jesus. But it, in, it is in that time, in, in Mark chapter, chapter 14, verse 36, we see Jesus speaking. And that Jesus was referring to God as Abba, Father. I know you can take this cup away from me. But even if you don't take it, I am happy for your will to be done. But he doesn't, he doesn't say, God, God. He says, Abba, Father. He refers to God in that, in that terms of intimacy. So when, 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 when we feel that God is, is distant, look, let's approach God. As a father, with that understanding in, in, in our spirit, we approach him as a father. And, and as, as a father, when we, when we approach him, what, what God did is his, with his spirit, he sent his spirit to Jesus at the point that even though it was the most difficult time, Jesus was able to face the cross because when he cried out to the Father, the Father supplied the Holy Spirit. That came. The Holy Spirit did not take away the pain, but the Holy Spirit was present with him. So when we face those times and then we approach God as, as a Father, he comes alongside with his Spirit, and his Spirit goes with us. <coughs> In those times. And this is, this is what, what God says in Isaiah. He says, Can a mother forget a, nurse, a nursing child? Can she feel no love for the child she has born? But even if that were possible, I would not forget you. See, I have written your name of the, on the palm of my hands, always in my mind, it's a picture of Jerusalem's wall. This is the word of Isaiah reflecting the hearts of God for Jerusalem, for the people of Jerusalem. And this is the same God that each one of us are the son of and the daughter of. And he says that even if a mother would forget their child, I would not forget you. I have written your name in the palm of my hands. This is the God who is our father. 
So when we feel that he is distant, it is simply a feeling. The truth is that when God looks at his hands, he sees your name written on it. And so let's be encouraged by the Spirit that in those times of despair, even if there is nothing else to, to say to God, it is a time for us to celebrate his goodness. And when we do that, it will lead into more profound prayer time. Let's pray. Jesus, we want to thank you that uh, because of your obedience, we are connected to the Father. And in time of, of despair or in time of, of frustration or difficulty, it doesn't change who you are because you remain the same. And Lord, I pray that only your goodness and your steadfast love is enough reason to go into prayer. That we pray that our feelings would never be a barrier to connect with you. In Jesus' name, amen.